NBA season is here. I am excited. We had a little appetizer last night with two fun basketball games. And today, we got a big old slate. First big slate of the year. We're going to dive in, but we're also going to talk through our season's expectations. Who may be undervalued heading into the season. Who may be overvalued. And look a little bit at tonight's 11-game slate and draft couple of teams on underdog fantasy and drafters fantasy see if we can't take down some tournaments the first big night of the year let's do it hello 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 adam happy wednesday to everyone, happy NBA season. I, for one, could not be happier when you come from the best ball space. You spend lots of time talking about the NFL, but I am a hoop head at heart, and I am very excited for NBA to be here. I'm most excited because if you are like the folks hanging out with us here, if you're like the folks in the Spike Week Discord, which there is a link in the description, it is 100% free to hang out with us and talk hoops all year, all season draft some teams all season, discuss our best ball teams, maybe some bets here and there. I'm most excited because I think as the season kicks off now for this first short stretch in particular is a great time for us to flex our muscle that we've been using all summer, all summer, all fall in drafts. You can tell uh, my, my brain is mushed from all the football all fall. We can, we, we spend all this time analyzing all these players, finding the late round sleepers, finding the undervalued players, finding the breakout players, which we'll talk to shout out Scotty Barnes. We'll talk about all, all of those guys. But I think right now, at least for this first few days in particular tonight, I'm, per, I'm particularly excited for tonight because I think there are some market inefficiencies that we as best ball players, that we as fantasy basketball drafters know maybe a little bit more about some role changes that we saw during the preseason some uh you know team movement that maybe isn't necessarily factored factored into the market what the heck do you do with Victor Wembanyama Yama and Zion Williamson and all these kind of fragile uh type players that we've been struggling with all summer I think now is a really good time to dive in and figure out exactly where the market is wrong on a lot of these players and there could be players that we're super hyped about that the market is also hyped about and vice versa and so uh, I'm really excited to dive in. What I just want to touch on today, I, I would like to do, I will get this out of the way, some housekeeping. If you have not signed up for Drafters Fantasy or, of course, Underdog Fantasy, most of you probably have already. I love these daily drafts in NBA specifically because I think, um, like I said, we can flex some of our muscle on the the players that maybe not projecting on those sites or being drafted on those sites as you know, highly or, or the opposite or being drafted too highly. Um, like I said, that we've been really sinking our teeth into all summer. It's a little bit of a different game than your, you know, DraftKings salary cap, DraftKings FanDuel, whatever salary cap games. It's obviously different than, than the sports betting market. And I think this is probably where we have some of our biggest edge, maybe late in the season when some of these guys are resting or whatever, that that may change into a little bit more of the DFS grinder mindset. But I think right now, um, I love these formats. If you have not signed up for either drafters or underdog, you can use promo code spike and get a 100% deposit bonus. At the end of this show, which won't be too much, too much longer from now, we'll draft a couple teams 
at least one on underdog and one on drafters uh, for tonight's big old gigantic slate. And I'm pretty excited about a couple of guys in particular and where they're going in drafts and some strategy around the draft. So we'll touch on all of that. Um, also, if you, I mentioned this before, but if you are not in the spike week discord, please, it is free. Hit the link in the description and join us and join us in there. Um, Jim likes drafters. I will say for anybody that has not played in any of the daily draft, you know, underdog calls them battle Royale. I like to call them snake drafts, daily drafts, whatever. Um, underdog for NBA specifically is there are no positions, right? So in their main contest, you draft in a room of six people and six, you know, every, every team, all six people in each draft draft six players. So 36 players in total are getting drafted and there are no positional requirements. Everyone is what they call a super flex, right? A flex, a utility, however you would like to, to call it. And that can be both fun and uh, not as fun because there's not a lot of strategy around position. It's not a very deep draft. Like, so on nights like tonight, you'll see there are guys going undrafted that are projecting to score almost 40 fantasy points tonight. There are definitely guys who are, who are going undrafted tonight, who I think are awesome. There are not as many kind of nuances because there's no positional requirements and it's a very short draft so a very different game whereas drafters is um has a very you draft you only draft in four person rooms so that does change it up a little bit but it's a very deep draft you'll see in just a second you draft positionally point guard shooting guard forward center and a bunch of flexes and uh it's you draft more than six players right so uh i i, I personally and i think you, know, you see at the top of your screen the the sickos that have been grinding nba all during the fall and all during best ball draft season. I think it's a little more fun to be able to dive into the guys that you've been drafting in the eighth, ninth, 10th round of these drafts, picking them up at the end of drafts, figuring out where the, which positions are strongest, which positions are weakest. You know, there is no Nikola Jokic and there is no Joel Embiid tonight. How do you handle the center position? There is no um, Giannis, right? How do we handle these types of positional differences as opposed to just kind of, you know, drafting the best players from the top of the board. Also shout out to drafters continually making improvements. Uh, I mean, the growth, if you've been around the best ball space, whether it be NBA, NFL, anything, the growth that drafters has made in tons of their features, their usability, the interface, um, the smoothness of the drafts, everything is is awesome. So I do just want to give them a shout out. And again, if you have not signed up on there, you can get a hundred percent deposit bonus up to a hundred dollars using promo code Spike. And I, I, no such thing as a personal guarantee. It's not like I can uh, uh, do anything about it if you don't like it. But I think everyone that we have sent over there and the folks that have been drafting over there, whether it be during the football season now for NBA, maybe for playoff best ball, whatever, everybody that I found uh, weekly NFL draft, shout out B Kurt and a bunch of the folks in the discord have just been smashing the NFL weekly drafts on drafters. I feel like every week it's somebody from the spike week community winning one of those. And I just think that the the continued growth of drafters, you know, it's not a, it's not a, to like a straight rocket ship going, you know, the growth there, it, it's been a little bit more gradual, but the improvements that they've been making in the overall growth has been awesome. So I think it's a really, like, I'm not just saying this, I, I don't, there's tons of fantasy sites out there that we could all like go search, you know, through the depths to find overlay or to find, um, you know, spots where nobody else is playing or, or, you know, sites promote all sorts of different sites. 
I'm saying this because I fully, truly believe in, in drafters. Um, and I think it's a really fun experience and a great place for people to play. You don't have to worry about the big time grinders. You don't have to worry about, you know, the DFS sharks coming over there. It's a, it's a lot of, it's a lot of us and some casual players. And I think it's an awesome, awesome site to play on as Mark mentioned. Uh, their NBA best ball contest was twice as big last year. It was twice as big as last year. So they doubled in size and, and they filled it. Um, and as you know, their NFL contest did not fill. So some pretty strong growth in the, the NBA streets. I had a lot of fun drafting on there in NFL and didn't get as many NBA teams as, as I wanted with a little bit of a time crunch, but I really enjoyed their NBA um, format. Another one, they didn't have, you know, a lot of these sites are running promo, you know, drafters was running tons of promos for NFL, a little bit for, for NBA. They filled their NHL tournaments without running any promos. You know, you see underdog doing promos every week for the dog bowl and rake back and all that different stuff for daily drafts. Um, just a lot of awesome growth. And I think um, it's a place that like, if you're watching this, let's be real. Like I said, you are one of the the people with the mental illness. You are a sicko. And I think um, it's a, just an awesome place for people with all of our, all of our kind of mindset. The other thing is Artem says, which we'll discuss shortly three flex positions plus like all the regular positions. I think it's really fun. It creates a lot of uh, fun strategy around how do you attack this? And we'll talk about that when we get to the draft. First thing I want to talk about though, just real, real quickly, you, all you guys, if you, again, if you've been in the discord or um, just talk to me at all, a, I mean, God, I'm so excited for basketball to be here. I'm so excited. I'm last night was like the appetizer. You know, last night was like, like, what's your favorite appetizer? Like, uh, I mean, if I'm from St. Louis, so it's like, that was like the toasted ravioli of, of the slate. I mean, trust me, it, it was, I love some freaking toasted ravioli. It was delicious. Last night was a lot, a lot of fun. Um, watching the nuggets basically dominate the Lakers, then kind of blow it for a little, uh, blow it for a little bit, then kind of start to pull away again at the end. And, even though Draymond Green and Bradley Beal were out, the second game was fun and like exciting, sort of, but in like in a, almost a little bit like a, a train wreck kind of a way, like you can't look away type of a thing. The Warriors are certainly trying to figure things out with Chris Paul, and I actually think um, Kenny Smith. I think it was Kenny Smith on the, the post game. Uh, on TNT, which shout out to those guys, the the TNT guys, Shaq and Kenny and Ernie and, and Chuck are absolutely hilarious. A pleasure to watch every week, whether we agree, like I generally don't even agree with their basketball takes, which is uh, what, what does that say about me? A bunch of hall of famers up there, but um, just so entertaining. But Kenny was saying in terms of the warriors and I, I totally agree with this. I felt um, I didn't draft a lot of warriors over the summer but I felt other than Jonathan Kaminga, who, uh, my God, could he not foul three times in two minutes in the first half? That would be sweet. Uh, but other than Jonathan Kaminga, I felt uncomfortable about just one game, but about the Warriors that I drafted in in best ball. Um, I know Chris Paul was okay uh, from a fantasy perspective, and I know um, – you know, Steph is still kind of Steph, and I think he would have been okay if he had not gotten into foul trouble himself. But – Kenny was saying how the warrior this is a huge adjustment for the Warriors, right? The Warriors have played this way. You, you, you know, you, they had Durant for a couple of years, but generally speaking, you know, Iggy's in it's whether it's Livingston or Iggy or uh, Otto Porter or whatever, the role players have kind of mixed and matched Andrew Bogut versus Kevon Looney. The role players have mixed and matched, but they played the Warriors way forever and been, you know, a total dynasty for a decade, greater part of a decade. And, 
this is like the first like major, major adjustment period for the Warriors. And they very much looked uncomfortable to me. Um, so much of the ball in the hands of Chris Paul, which I think will change when Draymond gets in. And I think ultimately, just based off one game last night, I think that the the move is probably going to be to put Chris Paul on the bench to start. I think he ha- he looked good playing with um, the more traditional type players, putting him with Kaminga and Sarich and Moody uh, and those kind of guys. I think it's a really good fit on the second unit and can help them weather the the storm that they've struggled with. Uh, what do you do? How do you score when uh, Steph is on the bench? But I think that the starters was a little bit and that you know an adjustment period. Like they're not they're like half playing the old Warriors way and then half playing CP3 ball, right? Slow it down, run pick and roll, and let him uh, set up the offense. And so that's a big adjustment for everybody. That's a big adjustment, a little for staff, Clay, CP3, everybody. But then what happens when Draymond gets back, right? Like that's another big adjustment period. How does all that gel together? Because Draymond is the fulcrum of the old Warriors type offense. And then CP3 is the fulcrum of what something that they probably do need a little bit of. But how does that all blend together? Then you have their emerging young player in Jonathan Kaminga, who plays a very old school kind of super athletic, get to the hoop, give me the ball, I'm going to go score type of a guy. He's not right. He's not doing the Stephen Clay running around. And he's also not a facilitator. So it just had me a little bit worried about the the Warriors for fantasy. Um, I think they'll obviously get it figured out in in real life basketball. Uh, feel good about uh, the Suns, even though Kevin Durant couldn't make a shot. Shout out to him for ruining. I saw in the Discord earlier the folks with the drafters tickets. We couldn't get the like twenty five shots or whatever it was for Kevin Durant, and we can't get him to score twenty points. What the hell, man? What what was happening? Uh, even had a four point play and still couldn't score twenty points. Um. And then Nuggets are still the Nuggets. Obviously, the loss of the bench did look bad. Uh, the bench looked quite bad with uh, without BBJ and uh, and Jeff Green. Not that Jeff Green is a huge deal, but uh, I, I, I'm not sold that any of those guys are ready to step up into. Reggie Jackson was a savior, but I don't know how much they can count on him. But Nuggets, Nuggets still look awesome. Um, Lakers. <laughs> Lakers, as uh, Denver Dog says, uh, wire to wire dominance. Go, go Nuggets! Yeah, uh, we won't touch too much on the Lakers. Moving on into into tonight, so we can get to some of these drafts here in just a minute. A few things have stuck out to me. Uh, they stuck out to me during best ball draft season, and they're sticking out to me again heading into tonight's games. Where um, I think there are just a, a handful of different spots that the market is maybe not. Um, evaluating appropriately so far. Um, And we'll dive into a few of those, um, whether it be teams I'm really excited for, uh, you know, scheme adjustments that play that uh, teams have had like lineup adjustments that teams have had and role adjustments that, that teams have had the first one. Oh, well, well, because Mark is here because Mark is here, the our our resident Raptors fan. uh, Let's talk about the Raptors really quickly. Um, especially because I don't want to bury the lead. And this is my favorite player. This is my favorite player uh, on underdog, on drafters. If you're playing DraftKings, DFS, this is tournaments. This is my favorite player for for tonight. Um, but it has to do with the changes that the Raptors have made. And if you look at what they did in the preseason, it kind of tells the same story that we might have thought that they were going to do coming into this year or might have thought that they were going to do uh, for the last couple of years but with Fred Van Vliet in town 
you know, they still had like a, a pretty traditional point guard and they had a, a fairly awkward blend with Fred, OG, Scotty Barnes um, and Pascal. And then whatever they have been doing at center, then they get Pirtle. So now they have a traditional center that Fred and, and, and that kind of offense didn't gel really well with Scotty and Pascal. And, and then even like, you know, Gary Trent and, and all that kind of stuff. Cause it's so many like players that are, you know, very similar skill sets and need to do the same things. I think not that Dennis Schroeder is like some big change. He's a pretty traditional point guard, but losing Fred has been a different uh, shift because Schroeder is not Fred Van Vliet and, and they don't have any ties to Schroeder for the long term. They've really just turned the keys over to Scotty Barnes. They've shifted the way they play on offense a little bit to where Scotty is uh, uh, almost like the point forward. He's actually, he actually took on an even bigger role than Pascal did in the, in the preseason. And I personally believe that that's going to continue. Uh, like I said, Scotty was, it's not like a point forward, like magic Johnson or anything like he's not walking the ball up the floor much, if at all, but the offense is flowing through him and he's a really tough matchup for opposing defenses. And I think this is, you know, again, it was just preseason. You don't want to fall for everything in the preseason, but I think in the NBA, much more so than other sports, we can really take things away in terms of at least like how teams are playing, usage, how things are flowing through certain players. And the big, like, probably the biggest um, lesson that I learned during the preseason was about was about Scotty Barnes. With the Raptors, have basically turned the keys over to him. Um, he is going to facilitate, which he's always been good at, but he's. He's, his usage is higher. He's scoring more. He's already a very good good rebounder. He's already very good in the steals and blocks department. He's shooting threes. And he, now, it's, will that maintain? I don't know. But he shot the three ball well in the preseason, and he's letting it fly. And he's like I said, playing this kind of point forward role, which allows him to really take advantage of. Like he's a he's a he's a great athlete, but he's also a huge dude. He's just a really tough matchup for even you know really good wing defenders in the NBA. He's strong as a bull. He is, he is the guy that I'm kind of flag planting, if you will, for, you know, the, the breakout, the breakout type guy. I listen to, if you listen to any of the you know, major NBA podcasts, they, uh, the low post with Zach Lowe just had Kevin Pelton on and they did all their awards and they talked about most improved and they didn't mention Scotty Barnes. I don't think um, I might've missed it, uh, but it, whether they mentioned him or not, they didn't talk about him enough. In my opinion, he would be my vote for for most improved player i think we're going to get an all-star campaign out of out of scotty barnes and i think pascal is going to be a little bit you know not robin to his batman but sort of uh one a one b and then everybody else falls in line right Pirtle's the center play defense block shots rebound protect the rim roll to the hoop uh gary trent be a little microwave shooter off the bench Schroeder just kind of be out there, <laughs> help facilitate when Scotty and Pascal are not out there. Those, those kinds of things. OG play defense and shoot. Um, I think Scotty Barnes is woefully underdrafted tonight in, uh, for tonight's slate. It makes no sense to me that he's, he's like almost un, undrafted on underdog. He's at the very end of drafts and on drafters, he goes way too late, especially with, um, you know, the positional type stuff, he allows you flexibility. He provides a ton of upside, whether it be in those flex spots, or if you want to punt off one of the positions and go, you know, go heavy on centers or go heavy on point guards or whatever, you can get Scotty, uh, Scotty's upside later. So he's kind of both a guy I'm really excited for, for the season. Uh, 
but also tonight, I think he, if I were to, like I said, flag plant a, a guy, I think it's Scotty Barnes. A um, little bit more of a team, a team take. I don't necessarily completely love any of these guys in drafts tonight, although I am drafting some of them. I believe I drafted, I've done one drafters and two underdog drafts so far. I'm going to do a handful of each for tonight's slate, but uh, I think the Thunder are set for a big time step forward. Um, I know, you know, their breakout, you can question how real it was last year. I'm pretty convinced that it was real. I think after the top couple of teams in the West, that they are going to be the team that uh, really shocks some people, right? The Kings shocked people last year. I don't see why the Thunder can't shock people with a first team all NBA uh, young superstar in Shea and the Giddy, Jalen Williams, J Dub. Uh, is he J Dub? And I, I always get them mixed up. J Will is Jalen with a Y, um, I believe. But I think uh, just all those guys playing together for yet another year and then getting an actual center that's talented and can protect the rim, but also space the floor can also roll to the hoop. I don't think Chet is like an amazing NBA prospect, but I think what he brings is so impactful for this particular team. That's playing small ball four small guards, Gideon and Dalen Williams and Shea and Dort are not like small, small, but they're, they're wings slash guards, right? It's a four out offense around a center. And at times they were playing Kenrich Williams, at center last year so i do think i didn't draft a a whole ton of like chet um and and i, I feel like it's possible i'll regret that because it's just a, such a hand in glove fit for them i think shea is going to be an absolute monster you know giddy jalen williams whatever um so not necessarily as much for tonight although i do like a couple of those guys I also bet the over on both jalen williams and chet's points props tonight so just something if you're playing pick them or or whatever i like those two guys uh but just like something to keep in mind moving forward and like especially if somebody is ruled out right uh if shay doesn't play those other guys are just stone cold smashes in these drafts and a lot of the times what happens in the on under underdog and draft uh drafters uh, DraftKings the salaries may not adjust as well so you know if you're playing dfs you guys probably know that already the uh the adp doesn't always immediately reflect uh, the guys who are ruled out or the guys who are questionable. And so, you know, if something happens to anyone here, uh, any one of the, mainly the big giddy SGA and Jalen Williams to a lesser extent, Dort or whatever. But I think, uh, I think it's just such a great fit. I'm really, really excited for the thunder. How many points are to mass? How many points do you think Chet will average? Uh, yeah. More than his prop tonight. Um, I wrote him up for uh if you have not checked out um so for those of you who don't know spike week is uh the site that i i run and started within our family of of uh fantasy and sports betting and best ball and all sorts of sites at the company that i work for uh scores and odds is our our main sports betting uh site and uh we do post some some picks and such let me find I have most of my um, player prop picks in, but you see uh, the whole squad, the whole squad is on Chet tonight. So my good guy Grant is on, is laddering Chet all the way up. He obviously took the over 13 and a half, but he took 18 plus and 20 plus tonight. Uh, I'm on the over 13 and a half means is on the over. Uh, and I also bet the thunder tonight. So there you go. Tell, give you a little bit of a taste. So I, I would say 15 plus for sure points per game for chet he averaged um 
me pull it up here. In just 19 minutes per game in the preseason, right? So he's playing less than his normal stints will be in three quarters because I think you can expect 30, let's call it 30 minutes per game for Chet in the, the regular season, somewhere around 30, right? Sometimes it'll be 32, 33. Sometimes it'll be 27, but somewhere around 30 points per game in just 19 minutes per game in the preseason. Again, just the preseason, but still something to think about. He averaged 16 points per game. Um, so pretty excited, pretty excited for the the fit for Chet. CJ likes J-Dub as well. Uh, yeah, I think I bet his points, uh, which is 14 and a half, but same thing, PRA. I just re- The Thunder looked like a good spot to me is basically uh, what I am saying. Shout out DTs. Loves him some loves him some drafters. Uh, in just a few more minutes, I want to talk through a couple of these guys that will also be applicable for tonight's slate uh, on drafters. But uh, we'll hop into a drafters draft first, and then maybe we'll close out with an underdog draft. Agree with Artem. Shout out to Mark for submitting the position change. It's great. Drafters very willing to listen to user. You know, user feedback, user recommendations, whatever. If you ever have something and you don't want to bring it straight to them, you can also bring it to me. Uh, I have a good relationship with the the folks at Drafters. They'll listen to the stuff that we got cooking in our community. She just yeah, Vooch, pretty good spot as well. If you want to, if we want to get our hand down on the hardwood, uh, Vooch, not the world's best defensive big. Uh, doesn't move very well. Doesn't come out and guard the perimeter. So if Chat wants to take his his couple of threes per game and uh, not a particularly good rim protector. So pretty good, uh, pretty good spot for, for Chet. Um, this is a good one uh, on UD. The one one tonight, who are you taking? I will share my screen again and show you now for anyone that's unfamiliar. I do rankings uh, every day. Uh, today is the first day of the rankings. They are 100% free. They are, uh, I try to make sure that they cater to both drafters and underdog. Of course, there's some nuance there. So some guys that may be a couple spots lower because of positional stuff and scoring stuff may, you, you may have to manually adjust. Um, you have to manually adjust the guys, you know, that you think, okay, let's move Jaron Jackson up a couple or let's move Jaron Jackson down a couple, right? On drafters, Jaron is a little bit less valuable than he is on underdog because of the way that they score steals and blocks being worth three points on underdog and being only worth two on drafters. And that's a huge factor in terms of how many points he projects for because he, that's what he does, block shots and steals. But within the rankings, if you go to rankings on spikeweek.com and you go, you see here daily snake draft and battle royale rankings. Like I said, they are they are free and updated daily on here. And so you'll see at the top, my 101 is Luka Doncic. Um, now, the only reason why Luka Doncic is not going as the 101 is not uh, maybe some people are scared to take him as the 101 is strictly because of the health stuff, right? And uh, just double check Twitter while I'm saying this. So he's not like getting ruled out as I'm touting him as the one one Cause that will certainly change things. But m- my expectation is, is that Luca will play. He has practiced this week and he has said he has no soreness uh, in his calf, which is what was um, holding him back. They could be very cautious with him. I, I-, I don't know. It is a national TV game on ESPN and as Mark said, Luca was at shoot around. And so um, it is, 
one of those things where Luca is, this is a slate with, I'll talk about Tatum in a minute, but this is a slate without Jokic, without Giannis, without Embiid, without Anthony Davis, without LeBron, right? Without Steph Curry, without Devin Booker, without Kevin Durant. It's without a ton of the first round picks from our, our best ball times. Luca is the guy who projects for the most points out of this entire slate. And um, I'm comfortably willing to take him at the 101 and any spot thereafter. I will say, I will say in terms of uh, the Mavs, very worried about the Mavericks. Uh, I, I took Luca. I took a bunch of Kyrie. I took a bunch of Grant Williams. I, I like those guys from a fantasy perspective over the course of the year, best ball perspective. But I think, they're in a little bit of trouble and the other air quotes breakout team, not to the level of the thunder that I like is their opponent tonight in the San Antonio Spurs. Call me uh, a victim of the hype. Call me a uh, victim of the preseason or whatever, but I really, really like what the Spurs are doing. A just start with the players, not even just Wemby. We know how crazy Wemby is, but Wemby's actually a kind of a poor or at minimum, very inconsistent offensive player right now. Right. You can, his handle gets out of control sometimes. He's not a great shooter, and he's going to shoot, uh, jump shooter, that is. He's going to be a pretty inefficient scorer, but I think clearly he brings a lot and creates brutal matchups. Like, I think Grant Williams is going to guard him tonight. <laughs> Grant is like, Grant is a bull, right? Grant was probably the best defender for Giannis in the NBA or up there as one of the best defenders for Giannis in the NBA. That's why I actually think it's going to be pretty darn impactful that he's gone from Boston, but Wemby is, has an eight foot wingspan. Grant Williams is one of the strongest dudes in the entire NBA. So he's going to have to try to bully Wemby, you know, get underneath him and push him away from the rim and make him shoot, shoot over him, which of course he won't even see, like Wemby won't even see Grant Williams, but he, he's like six, five, <laughs> like there, there's a foot difference <laughs> basically between those two guys. And I think that's a symptom of what the Mavs are going to struggle with when you have uh, two negative defenders in Luca and Kyrie. And you have, I really love Grant Williams as a, as a player. Josh Green is like, okay, I think a nice fun young player, but it's, he's not exactly Kawhi Leonard on, uh, on the perimeter. And then a, f- a rookie center who's, who's, Maybe a fun rim protector, but I'm not like super bullish on Lively being a stud in the NBA right away. And so they play the Spurs. On the flip side, I think it's like nothing but positive for the Spurs. They're starting Jeremy Sohan at the point. They are, yeah, this <laughs> funny, funny timing. CJ just post this. Imagine real uh, someone that watches college basketball that's so telling someone that watches college basketball Sohan will be a starting point guard in the NBA in two years. Yeah. I mean, just absolutely crazy. He was like a yo- low usage player in college, really fun, like Jack of all trades, wing defender, you know, cutter, all that kind of a stuff. And now he's starting at, at the point. Now their offense is a, a little bit different. I don't think that they, this is an old school, like tr- Sohan's not going to walk the ball up the floor and, and dribble it like Harden and Luca and run pick and rolls like CP three and all that. But he is, you know, by name, the the point guard there and they don't have anybody. So there's, it's, we're starting Jeremy Sohan, Devin Vassell, Keldon Johnson, Wemby and Zach Collins. Devin Vassell is the shortest player at like six, five. And he's like a long, like, I don't know what his wingspan is probably like seven foot or something like that. Super big, 
Wemby is going to be able to play off the ball, right? He's going to guard the Grant Williams. Like he'll guard Grant tonight and let Grant shoot threes in the corner and help play help defense. He'll probably block a couple of Grant Williams threes with his uh, uh, the sun blocker. I don't know if you heard the nickname for Wemby, the sun blocker, which is so fitting. But um, I really like the Spurs tonight. I really like, I think the Spurs might win this game, even with, with Luca playing. And I'm really excited to see them. I think they will probably not be crazy successful because I think it's more likely that they rest some of their guys, certainly Wemby uh, more than we would like. And that will cause them to lose some games that maybe they could have won. But I think when at full strength, they're going to scare a lot of teams. They have a lot of young talent and I love the lineup that they're trotting out there to start. They can switch or they can, you know, they can switch one through three or one through four. Uh, technically they could switch one through five with Collins. They got rim protection with both Wemby and Collins. What I really like on offense, a guy that I drafted a ton of in best ball. And I'm also drafting in the last round tonight on both underdog and on drafters is Zach Collins starting at the five. It's just such a fantasy gold mine. Also playing him on DraftKings. It's just such a fantasy gold mine of a uh, similar to the Chet thing where it's, it's a great fit of skill set and role for Collins. The fact that they don't have a starting point guard is actually turning Zach Collins into a lot of, they're running a lot of stuff through Zach Collins. If you saw the, the uh, preseason, he averaged like four and a half assists per game in like 22 minutes uh, in the preseason. He's facilitating a lot. They're running actions with him and Wemby. He's not just like dribble handoffs. He's like legit running their offense quite a bit. So it's kind of like between Collins and, and Sohan and, you know, then obviously some, some isolation stuff or running sets for, for Wemby and, and Keldon and Vassell, the playmaking is coming from Sohan and Zach Collins. And I don't think the market has certainly a, he's 5,500 on DraftKings. That's just a criminally low price, but we saw during the preseason, just an absolute smash every single night. I think he is a potential triple double candidate multiple times this season. I think he's going to far exceed his draft costs from the summer. And I think he's a legitimate guy that you can take in the last round of these drafts and he does not get picked. And so he, the Spurs and in particular, Zach Collins, I think are, uh, this is a great spot for him. He's going to be the guy that Derek Lively is guarding. He's going to pull him away from the hoop. He's also shooting threes. Zach Collins, he's actually a pretty good three point shooter. I believe he shot like 37% uh, like for his career or last year or something like that. Um, and yeah, as as you agree, they gave Collins an extension. They got this group locked up for quite a while. And I, I think that they're pretty lot. I think that they at first I thought, man, you really should probably try to uh, uh, get uh, uh, Wemby. So I know he's skinny. I know he's going to get pushed around, but a little more. I thought that it would be best with him at center, kind of like Chet. But they they're playing him at the four. Sometimes he's guarding perimeter players, which is just insane that someone like him can do that. And it actually looks way better with him playing the four and Collins guarding the traditional bigs because of what Wemby really helps you with a little bit. Like you see with Jaron Jackson, who won defensive player of the year, blocking all the shots, getting all the steals, all that kind of stuff as a help defender is where he can really be the most impactful. The dude just like covers up the whole court. He's like Michael Jordan in space jam when he reached his arm out, you know, to, to dunk from half court or whatever. That's what Wemby is. And so anyway, Spurs really bullish on them, really bullish on in particular, uh, Zach Collins. Uh, all right. We're just going to go ahead and, uh, ban this dude. Uh, and, uh, uh, got thrown, got, got thrown off there. Other thing we want to talk about Memphis. Uh, 
Um, and then we'll, we'll hop into a couple of drafts. I want to talk about, about Memphis. Um, you see here, Jaron Jackson Jr. This is again, of course, probably a little bit more underdog focused uh, and then Desmond Bain at, at 13th, but higher than market on both uh, Desmond Bain and, and Jaron Jackson Jr. In all formats tonight and for the season. Um, this has changed a little uh, lately because Steven Adams got ruled out for the entire season having knee surgery. And then uh, for tonight specifically, why I think it matters also is Santi Aldama is out, who was a guy, pretty fun last round pick and probably will be useful at certain points throughout this fantasy season. Uh, they are incredibly thin. You know, you're going to get a bunch of Zaire Williams, David Roddy, Jake LaRavia, um, uh, Kenneth Lofton Jr. Like those kinds of guys are going to play. Obviously, Derrick Rose is going to play the backup point. It's Luke Kennard. Like, but think of all those names. Because of that, Desmond Bain is going to like he. This dude is going to have to score, you know, thirty points a game for them to have a, a chance during this during this run here without Jaw. Right. So you got twenty five games without Jaw. Like they're either going to lose or get blown out, or these two guys have to play well. I'm very worried about Jaron Jackson Jr. tonight specifically, but predicting foul trouble is something I try not to do. It's a little bit like predicting injuries in uh, in you know NFL or season long NBA, or predicting exactly how many games guys are going to sit out. And it's easier to get uncomfortable with Jaron Jackson Jr. because he's the biggest fouler in the history of foulers. The guy fouled out in 15 minutes. Uh, during a preseason game. Uh, uh, yes, I played him in an NBA preseason DFS uh, contest that night. I believe it was like 15 minutes. He fouled out. Uh, and tonight, he's going to be play. He's going to have to play as much as he can. And he's facing off against a front court that is Zion Williamson and Jonas Valanciunas. I don't know if you are aware of those two guys, but they're uh, two of the biggest, strongest bullies at the rim of all time. They're going to try to push him around on the offensive glass. They're going to attack him at the rim. They're not scared of the shot blocking of Jaron Jackson Jr. And it is very concerning. So if you wanted to say, my God, is there, do I really have to take on this risk with Jaron? I would, I'm, I'm still like weighing that myself, but the rankings are a little bit more uh, mathematical and they're not they're not predicting foul trouble for Triple J, but uh, yeah. But as CJ says, predicting foul trouble is a little bit different with Jaron, and I, I totally agree. So I'm a little nauseous about him, but without all those guys, it's basically a two man offense. He's 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 the the Robin to Desmond Bain's Batman, and if you want to ignore the foul risk, which is very 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 real for Jaron tonight, um, with his steals and blocks upside and and the usage he's gonna have to have. Um, his upside's crazy. If he cannot foul, he's a smash. It's it's almost that straightforward. If Jaron Jackson Jr. does not get in foul trouble tonight, he is probably going to be in the winning lineup. <laughs> like his steals and blocks are are just that good, and the usage is going to be higher than it's ever been in his entire career, maybe in his freaking life since like AAU basketball. Uh, depending on what AAU team you played, it could be higher than then. He's just going to have to do so much. But that also can create a lot of fouls. Yeah, Tillman will obviously start at center. He'll handle Joe Val. But Jaron, like, um, they don't hold back in terms of assigning Jaron to the big-time matchups. He guards Giannis. 
he guards, you know, those kind of guys. And they just say, look, you got to learn, buddy. You're our best defender. You got to, you know, he does play on the help side when he does, when there isn't like that apex wing slash big guy, but I'm, there's nowhere to hide. Like, I guess you, you hide him on Herb, like would be the thing, but then who's guarding Zion. Maybe they start David Roddy to guard uh, Zion. I guess that, that might be what I would do actually, if I were Taylor Jenkins, I think I might start David Roddy over Zaire because Zaire can't guard Zion. Zion will dunk Zaire into oblivion every single possession. I think I would start David Roddy and put him on Zion, at least to start the game to, to hope that Zion doesn't, or to hope that Jaron doesn't get in foul trouble. Let, let Jaron hide out on Herb in the corner. Cause Herb ain't going to do anything on offense. That might be, maybe we will see that. And so I would be more, we're not going to, it's not like we're going to get the lineup before we have to get them in, but that would like be my hope if I'm drafting Jaron Jackson jr. But Desmond Bain, um, you know, for, for best ball, he only gets the benefit of no, of no John Morant for 25 games. That's still 25 games. You know, it's a third of the, of the best ball season. And I also think he's just going to be uh, excellent this entire year. He took a big leap last year. I think with more responsibility and more usage on offense, we're going to see more playmaking. We did see more playmaking in the preseason. And I think we're going to see more playmaking tonight. So another uh, guy I'm betting on tonight, in both in fantasy and in the sports betting market, but really excited to see what the Grizzlies can do. And if they can weather this storm, of, of injuries they've been the team that's been immune right jaws out or jaren's out or steven adams is out or whatever they've been able to weather all that and but now the roster is getting a little thin right no adams and no brandon clark no john morant tyus jones ain't there anymore i know they brought marcus smart dylan brooks isn't there anymore i'm really fascinated to see to see how they do but those are kind of some of the the highlights here on uh you see scotty barnes for me up at 15th Overall, Desmond Bean up at 13th overall. Another guy I'll say really high on the Jazz overall. Lori is uh, uh, 11th overall for me. Also really, really like him on drafters where it's not that there aren't forwards later, but I just think that forward is a little bit of the weakest position. Like if, give me give me Markinen and Scotty Barnes at my forward spots and like I'm golden, baby. Uh, let me load up on the the really high upside guards, Luca, Kyrie, Lamelo, SGA. Um, obviously, you have Tatum up here as well, who I really like Tatum too. But then I can I can you know smash some of these center. You want to play Wemby? You want Sabonis? You want um, you know Ant? Where's Den? Den? If Denver's still in the chat, he, he can go get his boy Anthony Edwards. You know those kind of guys. J- Jordan Poole is a is a fairly really he's a, he is Jaron Jackson Jr. of guards, except it's not with foul trouble. It's with, is Poole going to shoot well, or is he going to shoot 10%? We saw that in the preseason. The one game he shot the ball well, granted, Kuz did not play in that game. The one game he shot the ball well, he scored 41 points in three quarters. Uh, he's gonna, he had a 45% usage rate in that game. <laughs> if he's shooting the ball well, it, this, the, the game that he's playing in tonight is a, the fastest pace game, probably the, the fastest pace game that you can have in the NBA, the wizards against the Pacers. And he's going to have every opportunity to put up a big score. Do I trust Jordan Poole to make shots and not make stupid decisions? Absolutely not. (laughs) Just like I don't trust Jaron to not foul in this, in this spot. But I think in terms of boom bust type stuff, that's why you do see Jordan Poole here at 19th, which I I think is just a little above market. Um, 
I tend to try to draft those boom bust type players. That's why you see Jaron high. That's why you see Zion high. That's why you see uh, Luca, despite the fact that he was questionable one overall and people aren't drafting him one overall and underdog. That's why you see pool a little bit higher. And over the course of the season, you'll see that kind of stuff, right? Walker Kessler, more, more of the jazz stuff here. I think Taylor Horton Tucker THT is on this list somewhere. Yeah. He's down at 47th, but I think another boom bust type guy, if you wanted to draft him a little bit higher, I think that's totally fine. Again, you see Zach Collins basically goes undrafted and I, I have him as a draftable player for sure. Um, in my own personal brain, I'm probably going to take him a little more than this 36 rank uh, spot dictates. But those are kind of some of the guys you see, you know, some giddy up here. Uh, those are kind of some of the guys that I'm really excited for this year. Teams I'm really excited for this year. And a lot of them also lean into um, tonight's slate. So with all that being said, shall we draft? Let's, let's hop in a drafters. Let me, sh- let me share my screen on drafters. We'll hop in the $5.50 slam on drafters here. And it looks like we just need one of you. One of yous. This is a great point from Jim says you got to find that late round gem. And that's what I love about in particular, like I said at the top, like this early part of the season where um, we have, late round theoretical late round gems that uh, like Zach Collins, like those kind of dudes who are not being drafted. That's another thing that's really huge in these, in these tournaments is if everybody's drafting just like strictly off ADP and drafting the top projected players, but there are guys going later who project just as well or almost just as well. And they have the upside we just bite the bullet and take some of those guys. I'm taking uh, a, I'm taking a ton of Zach Collins. He may be only my 36th overall player, but I'm taking a ton of Zach. And there goes Luca. See, look, look how look how high Jaron is on uh, on here. Where I got to take Tatum. Um, but those kind of guys are super important for these NBA daily drafts. It's not you don't have to just scroll down and click any old name. They need to have the requisite upside, right? You want them to be able to win. Last last year, I remember. Um, last year, I remember Walker Kessler was this guy. I, I've, I get very big Walker Kessler vibes from Zach Collins in terms of these these drafts, where uh, he was like basically going undrafted, despite the fact that he had taken over that center role, and he's a monster upside guy. Uh, and had my best day in on underdog NBA drafts taking, I just took Walker Kessler in the last round of every single draft and uh, worked out pretty darn well. He had like a, all right. I think I, let me double check my rankings here. I think Kyrie, I think Kyrie is who I'm supposed to take. Sorry, Jaron. We're going to see how far we can, how far we can get Jaron to fall. Adam asked, before the stream ends, can we get some pick'em favorites? You know it. That's a good idea. Let's do it. I, I was thinking this morning that I'm make a Wednesday is a uh, – I'm taking Bane over Jaron, by the way. I just scared myself out of Jaron Jackson Jr. Also, I do think he's worse on drafters. Just the – he could score like six more points on underdog with the steals and blocks, you know, and that's a, that's a big deal. That's a really, really big deal. So 
um, just want to point that out. But I've been thinking, I was thinking this morning, I, 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 I love basketball. I watch the NBA every single night. Even when college comes, I'm all my TVs, even like Thursday night football. I, I don't watch it. I'm watching the NBA and I'm watching college basketball uh, and I'm watching my blues uh, in hockey. And so I've been thinking about maybe, maybe Wednesdays around this time, if you guys are available, we'll just turn it into a weekly basketball. We can draft some teams. We can look at some pick them. We can look at our best ball team. We can uh, do all that good stuff on Wednesdays. Now, Laurie, we're going to win. I'm going to win this goddamn thing with this team, guys. Thank you. There goes Jaron. Who did it? Woof. What a fitting, what a fitting name, a fitting username for someone drafting Jaron Jackson Jr. Um, see, this is where I think it drops off a bit. Booch, Randall, Mobley. I think I have Mobley here. Let me double check. Mobley without Jarrett Allen. Another thing to keep in mind, Jarrett Allen is out tonight. And uh, Darius Garland's questionable. I suspect Jarrett Garland will be fine. But uh, Jarrett Allen is out. RIP to the Stephen Adams and Jarrett Allen best ball teams and Bradley Beal. <laughs> Hopefully I don't have any with all three of those guys, but, uh, Oh, sorry. I think Artem asked this before. Can you explain the position change for dailies? What do you mean by position change? Um, like the, the different positions that you have on your, on your roster. So, uh, four drafters, Right, we mentioned it's super. We don't have to even look at it for underdog because there are no positions. You just draft six players, but on on drafters, you draft one. You basically draft a starting five, right? Point guard, shooting guard, small forward, power forward, center. Now, players uh, like you see here, a lot of these players have multi position eligibility, and so that does make it a little bit easier. But still, it it, it does matter if you take a bunch of centers. You're you're going to end up with a crap. You know, you take five centers to start, you might end up with a crappy team because you, uh, you're going to have really low upside guys at all the other positions. Not necessarily, but you get the point. Uh, but then there's five spots here. Um, one second. Taking my guy, Scotty. So we started uh, about to, I'll, I'll, I'll wait till we come back, back around. So I actually but I, I ended up filling out my starting lineup with my first five picks. Let me double check that I don't have somebody down here that I... I'm going to take Ingram. Yeah, this is uh, th this is 100% spot on what Mark says. This is, there's, there's 11 games tonight, right? So uh, we have so many players at our disposal that it doesn't matter a ton. Like tiny tiny little bit right it matters but generally on this slate and with players having multi-position eligibility it doesn't matter but like last night right it really matters other you know two game three four five game slates it matters uh but like tonight i'm not too i'm not too worried about it like i haven't even thought about it or talked about it in this in this particular draft
big run forwards there. Look at this. Look at this forward run. Good Lord. Vooch, Giddy. I do really like Miles Turner tonight. Vooch is such a boring click, but I think he's my top player. He is. Got to stick with the rankings. I can't promote the rankings and then go off course on every single one of them. But we got two more. Two more picks. Just because I know Mark or I don't know if uh, Blizzard Hook is uh, is here. I know that it's possible that uh, somebody takes him. I'm just going to take him. Zach Collins, baby. Yeah, this is a great point. See, this is what can happen on the smaller slates. Granted, last night was two games and a very tough two games at, at that. And also, there were, not, there were not a lot of a couple of positions last night. But this is the thing that can happen on, on drafters, where, right? And on underdog, you don't have to worry about it because you don't have to just draft the best player. You don't have to draft a, a point guard. But I like I like the I like the positional nuance for sure. Okay, I guess I should. I know Giddy is up there in the ranks. Miles Turner and Chet, Hero Rozier. I know uh, Adam mentioned this, um, and I think I might take him actually. But uh, Terry Rozier super underrated. Um, his his pick'em stuff and his his player props on the sports betting sites are kind of fair, but I'm still going to take the over. I, I really think that uh, Rozier is a bit underrated. I was trying to get a lot more of him at the end of, of the draft cycle. Let me think about this. Kitty. Double check the ranks. Again, I'm almost certain that Giddy is higher here and Walker Kessler is higher here if he's available. But I'm going to take Rozier because I want to talk about him. Um, I think Terry is uh, an awesome, awesome pick in these tournaments. Again, going in the going in the last round, and uh, the Hornets obviously do not have Miles Bridges, and Frank Nilakina Frank Nilakina is hurt, so he's he's clearly going to start. That was never in, in question. But I think Terry's going to stagger probably to the second unit because they need a point guard on on the second unit. I believe the James Book Knight is out too. I don't know that he was going to be in the rotation. But they have a bunch of injuries. They're really thin. The Hornets are really, really thin right now. And so I think you know, LaMelo is, of course, going to get the LaMelo uh, uh, role that, that we expect. But like Gordon Hayward is kind of not the same Gordon Hayward anymore. Brandon Miller is a rookie who's not going to like dominate the ball. Mark Williams is just a, you know, a, a rim rim runner type big. He's not going to like, they're not going to throw him the ball and post it up. I think Rozier is going to have a monster, monster role. Uh, and I mean, we could, I think we could easily see him be scoring 40, 45, 50 fantasy points on a very regular basis, at least in the short term and possibly for a much, you know, a, a large portion of the season. So anyway, just to run down my team really fast, Kyrie, uh, who I do think I just talked about the Spurs and I kind of think the Spurs win the game tonight, 
But even with Luca, I don't think people quite understand Kyrie's. Now, the, the problem for Kyrie during best ball draft season was, of course, availability, right? Um, that is the concern with Kyrie over the course of the season. But on a per-game basis, this dude is going to be a star for, for fantasy. He was an absolute star last year when he came over to Dallas because they, they only have two guys that can do stuff on offense. It's just him and it's Luka. They stagger. So their usage is through the roof. Um, just love, 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 Ky- love Kyrie for fantasy. Let's say that. I'm not going to say I love Kyrie. I love Kyrie for fantasy. Talked about Desmond Bain, Jason Tatum. Uh, also, if you listen to the low post, they both predicted a Jason Tatum MVP, which I would be pretty surprised about. But I do think Tatum is in for a monster year. Again, using the using the preseason, the preseason is just the preseason. But he seemed to grow his role, which is crazy to say for a, you know a first team All NBA type player. But like facilitating, he's rebounding more. Like Kristaps is not a very good rebounder, and Al's not a very good rebounder. You know, Jalen doesn't really rebound a ton. He's his rebounding is elevated. I think his playmaking is elevated, and he's clearly the go-to scorer on the team. I think Drew is going to help facilitate and seed uh, a lot of usage to the guys like Tatum and Jalen. And you know, Porzingis is a guy that needs help to get his shot. So, um, pretty sneaky ton of upside for Jason Tatum. I feel like this year, Laurie Markkinen talked to, talked a little bit about him and the jazz, just super bullish. I think Laurie just continues on the track that he was on last year. Evan Mobley. Uh, I'm actually not a big fan of Evan Mobley for fantasy, but going to play center tonight. No Jaron or no uh, Jared Allen uh, in a decent spot against Brooklyn. Scotty Barnes. We talked about BI. I think Memphis is going to be bad on defense guys. Uh, I don't think Memphis is like smart and Jaron are, are good. Bain's not a Bain's like okay on defense. Xavier Tillman is not incredible. Zaire, David Roddy, and they're so thin. I'm I'm worried about Memphis. Vooch, just a best player available spot there. And we talked about Zach Collins and Terry Rozier. Let's close her out with an underdog draft. Um, let me share. We'll do one underdog draft. You can see the differences. Between the two formats, we'll do the Hump Day Hoops $5 turn. Oh, Christ. It always does this. When I'm on my work laptop, It uh, I ha- I definitely have location enabled, but it is uh, sometimes I just have to refresh. And yes, I know that Jim answered your question, Artem. But yeah, every single player that you draft uh, counts to your score. So there's no backups or subs or anything like that. Yeah, uh, Mark took Wemby in our drafters draft. I think Wemby is a great pick. I think he's a little overvalued on um, underdog, just a little. But I also understand because with steals and blocks, if if I'm if I'm going to boost up Jaron Jackson Jr., I got to boost up Wemby too. So it's possible I'm a little too low on Wemby on underdog. The the problem, the general problem with Wemby for me in fantasy was, of course, during best ball. I, I find it very hard to believe that they're going to play him an absolute ton of games. Uh, could certainly be wrong about that, but I, f- I find it difficult to to believe like they're in this for the long haul, right? They're probably excited about their team this year, but this is not their this is not their year where they're probably like this is this is championship or bust. Um, his rookie year, right? The most games he's ever going to have played, all that kind of stuff. And then obviously, it talks about he's a really inefficient scorer. Right now, he doesn't really rebound, despite the fact that he's massive. He's not a very good rebounder, and he's 
not going to facilitate a ton. So you, you, you need points and you need, you need points from an inefficient score and you need steals and blocks, which he ain't never going to have a problem with steals and blocks, but just, you know, I don't know. I don't, I don't have a, like an amazing take on him. I like him and I'm even considering him, you know, for, for DFS tonight, but it's uh he's a tricky one. He's a tricky one. I'm excited. Oh my God. I am excited to watch that game though. Pacers wizards is going to be the, the shit show train wreck. That's just a track meet that I'm excited to watch. Of course, Wemby comes to me here. I who do I have? I think I have Kyrie over him. No, I have Wemby sixth overall. Screw it. Let's do it. Let's take Wemby and Kyrie. I think Kyrie over Lamelo. No, what am I doing? I don't even know what I'm. I don't even know what my own rankings say. Lamelo, Lamelo, and uh, and Wemby. Why not? I can't think of uh, you know, what a. There's certainly no risk in LaMelo shooting uh, six for 20 and Wemby shooting four for 25. What could go wrong? I need to log into my Spike Week uh, extension there. Get my uh, exposures and such. Double check in the news and make sure no no news. No news so far. No, Zach Collins also went through uh went through shoot around. Uh Darius Garland also went through shoot around. And Horford is coming off the bench. So Drew Drew's gonna start. Drew's gonna start. Garland, Collins, and um Luca, all went through shooting. Oh, yeah, we're definitely taking Larry Markinen. And then I think I'm going to be scrolling down a lot here, guys. I really don't like, I really don't love the Clippers, guys. I'm going to take Poole. If I'm taking Wemby and Lamelo, I mean, we might as well light the money on fire. Just get the all twenty percent shooting team, and then pray that uh, these other five folks don't take the two guys I want here in the fifth and sixth. We shall see. Yeah, I really don't love the. It's funny. The Clippers play the Blazers in the game, the game I'm least excited to watch, I think, on the entire slate. Um, it's funny because you get a brilliant matchup for the Clippers. I mean, the Blazers are not going to stop anybody. Just see, obviously, a total tank and rebuild year for Portland, but the Clippers, it's three guys. You know, Zubac is going to steal rebounds. Like Kawhi and PG are like going to be good. Russ is going to be good. There's no Terrence Mann, so like Bones may not play. It's like maybe Russ. I should I should maybe put. I don't even think Russ is in the rankings. I should maybe put Russ in the rankings. Let me double check. He's in there, 45th overall. So like I think Russ is draftable, and if I have Kawhi and PG, of course, 
very draftable, but I, I struggle to pull the the uh, the trigger on those guys personally. Which sounds crazy, like I'm drafting Jordan Poole in the fourth round, but I won't draft Kawhi Leonard in PG. It's probably probably not the best take I've ever had. But I find it hard to be- I just find it somewhat hard to believe that those guys like break the slate. Like I think that they'll have good games. But like what you really need is just like truly monster outcomes. The nice thing about Jordan Poole on underdog is he's pretty pretty good with the steals. You know, he doesn't play any defense. Kind of like Russell Westbrook. They don't actually guard anyone, but they just watch the ball and try to jump passing lanes and try to strip people and all that kind of stuff. Like and Poole's gonna have all the all the authority in the world to do whatever the hell he wants for this team this year. And so he's gonna be in a lot of winning lineups this year and he's gonna tank a lot of your teams this year. Really, really, you know, high variance type player, but ultimately that's what we want. And that's what the, I mean, Laurie's not high variance at all, but uh, Wemby, LaMelo, and Jordan Poole, pretty high variance. They could score 27 fantasy points or 60. Uh, all right, good. They let me have my guy, Scotty. Now I need to. All right, we're going to go the all high variance team around Scotty. And uh, you guys know that I love Zach Collins, but uh, Shangun is another guy I haven't talked about that, uh, that I like. Uh, I like quite a bit tonight. Not a ton of other reason other than he's a little bit of the Jordan pool of centers, not shooting wise, but this guy has big steal and block upside. He has, he has all five category upside. He's a really inconsistent shooter. He's a really inconsistent player overall, but I think the Rockets know that they they kind of need to see what they have in him. He could play terrible and he may could bench him, but he also could uh, absolutely explode. I mean, he is also a potential triple double candidate. I think every single night. Um, and if he makes some shots, he could put up a huge score and he, he's pretty sneaky good in steals and blocks, despite being more of a ground bound uh, center. Um, all right. So we wrap this. We wrap this. Uh, I'm just going to look at the pick on underdog just because I'm already on, on here and it's a little bit easier to see. Um, there is nothing in the Knicks-Boston game. Houston and Orlando, let me double check here. I've made, I've placed one uh, prop in this game. I, I I will say I don't I don't mind some of the Shangun stuff. It's really high variance. So, like, I, I don't always love to take the mega, like, like I'm not betting any, Jar- like, Jaron Jackson Jr. is in an amazing spot tonight. Um you could probably take unders and you're probably in a decent spot, but I, like those guys um, I don't love to place, uh, you know, the, the pick them props on. And so Shangun probably falls in that category, but he could just blow these away. Like all of these just absolutely blow them away. So don't hate him. Um, I wonder what the personal fouls is for Jaren. Uh, I hope they have that. That'd be sweet. Uh, but who I actually do like in this game Right here, Wendell Carter Jr. over 13 and a half points. I have I have placed that one myself. So uh, just generally excited for Wendell this year. I think he's a really efficient player. I think it's a good matchup. Chengun is, uh, you know, not the, like I said, not the world's best defender. He got better in the preseason, but not the world's best defender. And uh, certainly not going to stop Wendell from, 
totally smashing. Obviously, Paolo and Franz are the kind of two lead guys there. But uh, I think I think Wendell's going to have a very strong year, and I think this is a good spot. And I think this is probably the lowest that we see this prop, you know, aside from a couple bad shooting games to start the year. So Wendell Carter Jr. is definitely a guy that I am on. Um, I really should close this game. One second. I, I really hate how this is laid out. It's painful to try to scroll through Washington and Indiana. This is where, Oh my God, we, because he's, because he's not draftable in these drafts. This is, I'm glad you asked about this, Adam. This is the, this is the spot. A, I think you can take over 25 and a half for pool. No need to, you know, uh, force it. If you don't, if you don't love it, uh, God, 8.5 threes attempted. What a, what a, what an absurd line. Um, let's see here. The best, the absolute stone cold best lock five star mega smash button pound the table lock of the night. Obi Toppin over. It's up to 15 and a half. It was opened at 14 and a half points plus rebounds. There's your gold star lock of the night. The market has no idea what they're doing with Obi Toppin. It's absurd. He is the starting power forward for the Pacers. Uh, I understand he didn't ever like really pop with the Knicks and he was inconsistent. You got to throw all that aside. This was a uh, former national player of the year at, at Dayton first round pick freak athlete really developed his three point shooting game, uh, you know, particularly corner shooting game. And it's just a perfect fit in Indiana. Halliburton is going to run the show and find all of these guys. He's going to find Obi. He's going to find Turner, Matherin, uh, et cetera. Right. Uh, BBJ, buddy, whatever. He's going to set all these guys up. They're going to play fast. They're going to space the floor around Halliburton. And Obi is the starting power forward. He had uh, just shy of a 20% usage rate in the preseason. He absolutely smashed. He beat, he beat this number in most preseason games playing like 20 minutes or less. Um, I definitely like this. I like just about everything with Obi. You, I, I'm not doing anything that adds on the assists because he's not really like he may average like one assist a game something like that would like one, one and a half assists per game. So I'm not really worried about the assists, but they are, this market is wrong about his points and rebounds. It's just, it's just wrong. Will he do it? You, you know, you have shooting variants. It is what it is, but um, it, the market's just wrong on Obi Toppin. Um, yeah. I like, I like this one too. Asar Thompson for Detroit. I, I haven't bet it yet. I'm still, getting all my, my ducks in my ducks in a row, but I really like Asar uh, rebounds and assists. Or if you really want to do points plus rebounds, I don't like trusting him to score, uh, but it's a decent matchup. And uh, I do like the, I like that Asar one, the rebounding from Asar in the preseason one, absolutely insane. I don't think he had less than eight rebounds in a game. I did. He played 39 minutes in their first game and 31 in their second, but he's going to start Boyan Bogdanovich is out. Um, so he's going to get to play a lot. And, uh, I think the matchup is okay for, for him. So I like that, uh, Atlanta Charlotte. Oh yeah. I want, I want to point out Rozier because I mentioned earlier that I like, I like, I like over 27 and a half points plus rebounds plus assists for Terry Rozier. I think it's, I think it's fairly efficient. I think it's fairly efficient for, uh, Terry, but I like, I like the over. I like I like the over there. I just believe I think the matchup is good against Atlanta. I just believe in uh, in this role, and he's a good player. Uh, God, I hate when I don't collapse the 
Cleveland, Brooklyn. No, there was nothing there on that one. Yeah, the only problem for Asar is the Heat matchup is not amazing. It's not amazing. Um, I will say another guy in, in a very similar vein to Rogier. The Heat, Tyler Hero's got to score. He's got to score a lot for them. Uh, I bet over 20 and a half points for Tyler Hero. And it's uh, a little uncomfortable, but like, I don't know. Jay Rich is not going to play. Kyle Lowry is the, you know, the a shell of his old self. Bam is not exactly a go-to score. Jimmy didn't play at all during the preseason. And we know Jimmy turns it on in the playoffs when he has to turn it on, but he's not like that, like alpha of a score. Like they don't have anyone to like put the ball in the basket and take a bunch of shots. Tyler Hero is going to take 20 something shots tonight. Uh, I would almost guarantee it pending foul trouble and pending a blowout or something like that. 20 and a half points. I'm on the over for Tyler Hero. So I'm just going to put a couple of those in here. Let me, uh, God, I hate this. This is just awful. Uh, Minnesota and Toronto. Here's another one. I won't talk too much about this one because uh, I've already talked about it. Boom. Scotty Barnes. Market's wrong. Market's wrong on Scotty Barnes. Uh, market is wrong. OKC, another fruitful team. Uh, I won't keep adding all of these on here, but OKC, we talked about Chet. This is terrible. We talked about Chet over 13 and a half points. Smash and Jalen Williams uh, also, whether it's th- what the hell? He's down to 13 and a half points. Jalen Williams, 13 and a half points, or if you like PRA, I love both of the Thunder guys. New Orleans and Memphis, uh, I won't force you to to see it, but Bain, I'm on Bain, uh, Bain points. I don't, uh, Brandon likes the Daniel Gafford rebounds. I'm cool with that. Yeah, I'm, I'm cool with that one. He's going to have to rebound a lot for that team. He's definitely going to have to rebound a lot for that team. So, um, I am I am very much cool with that on Utah uh, THT it, THT a little bit falls into that high variance that high variance kind of guy you guys I know I love Walker Kessler but I think these are pretty good pretty efficient lines there uh, but THT I think is a pretty good bet as well we don't uh, we don't have to uh, look at you now you gave away your real name run you gave away your real name uh and congratulations on the kiddo uh brandon aka run in the chat in the discord just had a kiddo today beautiful looking kid uh t but tht i think starting gonna get all the opportunity in the world i think it's uh i think it uh looks pretty good projects pretty well as well uh and then i think we have dallas right yeah uh, the very last one that is a stone cold lead pipe lock. Um, hey, so here's one thing I will say this looks good. Grant Williams has taken a million threes during the preseason, so there's another one I'm going to throw out there 4.5 three point three point attempts for Grant Williams. That way, you don't even have to count on him making them. You can bet some of these other things. I think, I think Grant is uh, a reasonable. A reasonable guy to bet on tonight. You just he just has to make breeze, which is not always a ton of fun to bet on, right? He's gonna have to he's gonna shoot like seven or eight threes, and you need him to make three or four of them. I hate I kind of hate those bets, but you know 
is what it is. The, the final stone cold lead pipe lock. Zach Collins, 24 and a half. So what do we got here? One, one, two, three, four. Uh, toss another one on there for your, your five, your five leg pick them sheet, sheet slip, whatever. Toss another one on there for your five leg pick them slip that you guys prefer. Asar, Gafford. Uh, what do we got? What did you guys also mention in here? Yeah. Asar, Gafford, etc. Um, that wraps us up. A lot of fun. Like I said, uh, I'll talk to you guys in the Discord. We'll try to see if we can make make this time work every single week and just have a little hoop hang. We can do some drafts. Like I said, we can check in on our, our best ball teams. We can monitor all of the news and uh, let's see if we can get a little more hoops talk going, or, going on around here because there's going to be plenty of football talk. We'll see if we can't make the basketball talk a regular occurrence. Appreciate you guys. Uh, I'll, of course, see you in the Discord and hopefully I'll see you next week for another NBA Fantasy little Wednesday hoop head day here on Spike Week. Have a good afternoon. Enjoy the first big slate of the year. I'm going to. Let's win some money. Peace. Those were some spicy takes. Want to stay up to date with all of the other spicy takes we're going to have over here at Spike Week? Why don't you press that subscribe button below? You turn notifications on, we draft a team, boom, you know about it. We have another spicy take. Boom. You know about it. You can be there. You can draft with us. You want to stay up to date. That's how you do it. All right. We'll catch you later next time here at Spike Week.